Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show. We have a very special guest today, the King of New Orleans, Larry Morrow. Thank you for being here. I wouldn't say all that, man. <laughs> I can, no, though. No, no, I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank for you sure. for having me. So you, we were talking about New York. You love it this time of I year. I love it this time. Like I've been in New York a lot, and this time, for some reason, man, it's like it's growing on me, and, and it makes me want to be here more. I mean, during this season, not during... Uh, Cause I came in January like two years ago, mm-hmm. and it was so cold I wasn't prepared for it. It was like cold red, yeah. Uh, and I had like some the wrong shoes, wrong socks. Like my ankles were freezing. I was just man, it was terrible for me. <laughs> you had that New York Achilles heel, yeah. Man, it was bad. It made me never want to come to New York again. Makes sense. <laughs> the only way to survive New York in a January is with either t- so many layers that the second you walk indoors, you're sweating like crazy and you're all right outdoors or you Actually, just go, layers I had on. <laughs> you go front door to car to front door and that's it. And you don't even step outside. And that in and itself is a maze when you're in New York. I had no layers on. Like I bought my, that made me buy my first pair of long johns. You know, in New Orleans, you don't yeah. need long johns. But I went and bought me like the, the, uh, the tech thing, the, the pants and the shirt. It was too cold. So talk to me about New Orleans. You grew up in New Orleans too, yep. right? And then you you still live there yep. majority of the time now. What makes New Orleans special for somebody that isn't from New Orleans? I think for someone who's not from New Orleans, it's a lot of culture. You know, a lot of places, you know, you can go, um, there's a lot of things, but when it comes to that culture, man, and the food and the people, you know, that Southern hospitality, great. man, it's, it's, it's unmatched. You know, you can go anywhere in the world, but you know, that culture, the food, the Southern hospitality will be unmatched. So how did you get started in, in the business endeavors, especially the restaurant business that you're in right now? So where, where I, did that, where did the inspiration come from and why are you passionate so about I, it? So I'll start from um, my event production company. You know, I produce events. So I got started with that. I did a party when I was, I think maybe 20 years old. Cool. Me and a friend of mine, we went half on it. Uh, we packed out the venue for our birthday, made a lot of money. And I'm the type of person that I run with it. Like, if I see something's working, you know, I'm, I'm going to do my best to really capitalize on that. So I started to produce more parties. I would take losses. I would win. But I saw potential. So it became, it started off as like a hustle. Like, I would just uh, party with my friends, you know, drink, let people in for free, make a few dollars. And when I realized that, uh, you know, this is something I, I love to do. I liked it. Uh, it's something that grew on me. And... I started to take that more serious and got incorporated LLC and just, you know, started to handle things more like a businessman and became less about partying with my friends drinking and, you know, trying to build a brand, trying to build relationships. So one of the first big events I've done was with Drea Michelle. She was on, um, I think, Basketball Wives LA. Okay. And that situation, I was 20 years old, it taught me so much because I booked Drea. She came to New Orleans. Um... And, you know, my, I never met her before, but when she came down with her friends, they wanted to get their hair and nails done. So I took them to get their hair and nails done. I covered the tab, had a partner at the time. He didn't want to go half. I'm like, okay. man, I'm, I'm like, let's go half on the hair and nails. And we don't have to do that. But like I said, like, I was trying to show that Southern hospitality, like here in my city, I'm growing my brand. I'm trying to build my brand. I want to make sure I accommodate you and take care of you when you come to my city. So that's what I did. And um, we got to dinner that night. Uh, and pretty much the same thing, you know, he didn't want to go half on a tab. So I covered the tab and I'm 20 years old. Um, he's like six years older than me. So long story short, at the end of Drea State, she was like, yo, out of all the cities we went to, you took care of us more than, you know, any city we went to. You know, and you're only 20 years old. So they invited me to LA, her, her friends, Jazz, 
everybody else. And they, you know, just kind of showed me around LA, introduced me to a lot of people. And it's ironic because I would say about three or four months ago, he introduced me to this guy named Cam. He was part of this big promotion group in LA called LA's Finest. And he was eating in my restaurant, you know, three or four months ago. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy how, you know, you build those relationships and uh, they, you never know what, what it'll manifest into. So early on, I learned the value in relationships and I didn't do anything out of the ordinary. I was just being myself. So, uh, Which is everything though, being authentic. Right. So I pretty much took that same strategy, but, you know, just bringing people to the city, showing them love, you know, taking care of them, just going beyond, you know, probably the expectations they probably put on me, you know, like you never know what to expect when you're meeting someone. But if you expected this, you're going to get 10 times more of that experience. So I love that. Um, that kind of helped me grow, man. I, I, I did the same thing for the past eight years. I'm 28 now. There were so many relationships, you know, like an example, like Meek Mill, he came down mm-hmm. in January and I've been around Meek plenty of times, but we never really built that relationship. So when it came to my city, you know, it was my opportunity to show, you know, how we do it down to here. Give in him that 10X expectation. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so when they touched down at the Clipboard, I got the Phantoms, the Ferraris, the Lambos, the Bentleys, everything Ooh. stressed out, stressed out on the runway. And, you know, that wasn't, they asked for three Sprinter vans, I mean, three uh, SUVs. But when they touched down, they got, you know, all these <laughs> over a million plus in cars. Crazy. Um, and, you know, it was like, wow. Like, you know, like, it's just exceeding people's expectations, not just doing what is expected of you. You know what I mean? And I like to really show that, you know, when you come to New Orleans, show like, yo, this is how we doing it because we're not looked at as, as a party city. You know, um, I was in Atlanta the other day and I was talking to DJ, DJ Infamous and DJ Infamous is ludicrous manager. He He's a big DJ in the industry. And he was like, yo, I'm proud of you, man, because, you know, I never looked at New Orleans outside of Bourbon Street. When we used to go back, when we used to go to New Orleans, it was Bourbon Street. But now when I look at New Orleans now, like you making New Orleans look like Atlanta, you know, and, and it makes me want to come. And I'm like, wow, like, it's amazing to hear that from a person that's like, you know, iconic in the industry, in the field he's in. And to know that you're able to uh, show that there's more to New Orleans than Bourbon Street the good food, you know, yeah, just everything else. For sure. It's just pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Cool. I mean, that, that's almost the best compliment compliments <laughs> you can possibly get. Yeah, so um, it's just a blessing, man. I, I like the city, man. As much as I want to leave at times, I, I see so much growth um, and how the city, the direction, you know, is really going up, you know, with the real estate and everything else. I love that. What are you most excited about looking forwards to the next couple of months, the next year? What excites you right now? Oh, the most exciting thing. I don't think I can be more excited about anything ever again. <laughs> but I have a kid coming. You know, I have my Congratulations. first. Congratulations. My first. I have a little girl on the way. I'm expecting her in November 24th. Congratulations. Real so, soon. Yeah. So, Whoa. So, so that's like the biggest, you know, uh, the most exciting moment in my life right now. Because it's like... At 28 years old, there's so much going on right now. Like I got a kid on the way and I feel like this is like a, a pivotal point in my life. You know what I mean? Where everything is everything, you know, like life is good. My family's doing good. The restaurant opened up last year um, and it, you know, done so much for my family and I got a new family on the way. It's just, just a so lot. Exciting, so exciting, man. Yeah. Have you thought about names? Man, honestly, I don't think I'm going to come up with a name until it's crunch time. Four quarter, one minute left. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> like Kobe or, or no Kobe for sure. Yeah, like I lost, <laughs> I lost my love for the game. You know, watching it when Kobe left. 
Right. You know, like LeBron's cool. I, like I like to watch LeBron, but when Kobe left the game, like everything. Ener- there was a lot of energy that was lost. Like that Mamba mentality. Right. I can't even think of anybody I, in the like, NBA with the same. Like LeBron right. is a different, awesome right. energy yeah. that helps the NBA and makes the league bigger and more yeah. broad. But that Mamba mentality, bro. Man, it's, it's different. And I've always been a big fan, man. Since I was a kid, he had the bush. He wore number eight and played. You know, you know what I mean? It was just, I had the bush, you know? I wanted to be like Kobe. Right. And even though I wasn't the greatest basketball player, I just wanted to be like Kobe, you know? So um, I think, uh, you know, I just lost it when, when Kobe left. And... You know, it's kind of different now. <laughs> it's different. I hear you. Who were some of your other favorite players growing up? Growing up, um, hmm, definitely like MJ. I, I didn't get to catch like you know, being so young. I didn't get to catch you know that MJ that most people, you know, uh, the early MJ. You know, yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, you like maybe you caught the very I, I very caught, like, the end. Very, I caught the very end. Like when I started watching basketball, he was on the Wizards. Yeah. Well. Yeah, he was on like on the Wizards, I think. You know what I mean? And he so, couldn't even bring that team to the playoffs. So right. it wasn't the mic. Oh, no, but but, but that's, not, yeah. that's not the Jordan you wanted to see. You no. wanted to see the Jordan that wore the Bulls jersey. You know right. what I mean? Like totally different Jordan. So, uh, but Kobe, he was that Jordan for me. You know, definitely. I don't feel like he get the respect he deserves in, it, in the game. Um, you know, because, you know, every, you know, now it's like LeBron. Then, you know, it's going to be Zion or whoever it's going to be. But you know, I don't feel like he got the subtle respect. Zion New Orleans name drop in there with Kobe and Jordan and LeBron. <laughs> no. I can tell how you feel about him. <laughs> no, no, I don't feel like he got that respect exit in the game. And I made sure, like, I paid a crazy number for front row seats. You know, like, I'm sitting next to, you know, like, I'm all sitting on the floor. I made sure that I caught Kobe's last game right before he retired. He was coming to New Orleans. That was going to be his last season. And I got, I paid a crazy amount of money for some front row seats, courtside. Um, and, you know, I enjoyed it, you know, like I definitely wanted to see him on his way out. It he was, played it in that worth, game, right? Yeah, he played in the game. It was definitely worth every penny, you know. <laughs> I hear you. It's it one of those it. things. You just have to do it. Yeah, I, I guess I saw one of Kobe's it. last games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was that at the very, that was, I that guess, was the like, 2014 like, season? Yeah, that was like right before... Uh, like he had like a few more games left and then the season was ending, you know? So they played in New Orleans. So I made sure I, I attended that. And then that jazz game, yeah. Kobe's last game where he left dropping 60 points. Yeah, it's crazy. Was one of, and the funniest thing, which people don't even remember now is that night was the same night that the Warriors set the all-time win record, 73 and nine. But nobody right. watched that game. A hundred percent of basketball Warriors fans were watching the Kobe game over the Warriors game, setting the all-time wins record, beating out Michael Jordan's gotta, seventy-two gotta and ten bowls. Right, got you to, got man. to. That's legendary, man. That's moments that uh, you know. I wish I was able to see the the MJ, you know, the early MJ that played for the Bulls. You know, I didn't get a chance to see that, but I'm glad I got to see Kobe. You know, and, and see him on a, like retire. You know, yeah, for sure. So speaking of New Orleans, yes. How do you feel about their new rookies, Jackson Hayes, Zion Williamson? I definitely feel like we we're gonna. Um, <laughs> I posted something on my Instagram one uh, not too long ago, and people felt like we don't have a shot this year, next year. Now we got a few years because we got to develop as a team. But I really feel like we got some young, hungry players. You know, definitely like all the new additions, Zion and everybody else, Josh Hart, uh, Lonzo Ball, um, Ingram. You know, I think that's. I think we still got Drew, you know. I think we're going to be able to 
we're definitely going to the playoffs, you know. In the West? We're definitely going to the playoffs. Definitely. You know, so. Um, I respect that. Um, you know, I mean, I just pray we have a, a strong season, man, because the city needs it. You know, we don't get, we don't get an opportunity to get those first rounders and get the Zions and get all that. You know, normally the LA and those bigger markets get a, get those opportunities, but it's, it's dope to see like players like him, you know, come to New Orleans. Like we had AD, but I felt like, uh. I mean, AD came and did his thing, man. I just, maybe he didn't have the, the light team. The light and the really. torch was fading. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe he just didn't have the team he needed in order to accomplish the things he, you know, needed to accomplish. But I think, you know, him and LeBron is definitely going to make uh, a great, you know, a great team. In LA. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Showtime is, is back to a certain extent, especially with the Lakers against the Clippers now right. and that competition. But I, I definitely agree. I think big, big name players being in small markets right. is a lot cooler right. than having multiple, than being yeah, one it's, of it's multiple like, in a big market. It's like a given, man. Like, you know, LA, you know, they're going to always have the, you know, the heavy hitters, you know, like we don't, we get overlooked down yeah. there in New Orleans, man. We don't get the the players we always need, you know, but, you know, it's, it's definitely going to change. I think this is going to be the start of something and we're going to have these big players wanting to be a part of the Pelicans. And I, I think the main difference in NBA and basketball and even sports culture now is because of the internet. There isn't right. really as much of a thing. It doesn't have as much of an impact right. being a small marketer, right. a big market. Right. Because you're getting the same exposure, like Zion's going to be on national TV as many times as people want to watch. Right. And that's going to be a lot because he's Zion Williamson, not because he plays in New York or LA or New Orleans. Right. You know, the impact I, 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 that I, I, is a lot greater. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to get a lot more respect just going to a smaller market and help develop a, you know, just take our team to, to another level. So I think that's always cooler than going to a bigger market, bigger team, more stars. And it's like, you know, that's what's expected already, you know? But um, yeah. And you even see guys like this year, the Brooklyn Nets beat out, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. So right. they beat oh, out the Knicks New York, they destroyed the New York <laughs> Knicks in free agency. They got Kyrie and Kevin Durant, right. you know, seeing things like that over them going to Madison Square Garden, the world's most famous arena. Right. Um, it's super interesting. And I think that is, is a, you know, a, a pivotal point as to where the NBA is, is heading and a kind of, you know, direction. It's, it's very blatant in what players are thinking and what they're doing going forwards. And I, I find that super interesting and it yeah. plays well into New Orleans, obviously. Right. Um, and it builds that market as a whole. Not definitely, definitely, definitely does. Yeah, it's super interesting. So let's talk about the Saints real quick. Oh man, the Saints. <laughs> Drew Brees out for six weeks. Drew Brees out for six weeks. This, man, this that hurts. just happened. That hurts. Bad. But I mean, I think Bridgewater will be able to step up and Play that role. I think just getting put on the spot right there at that moment, just wasn't prepared, didn't have the rhythm going yet. I think uh, we're definitely going to be able to come back from that. You know, we got the Ivan Kamaras, the Mike Thomas. You know, I think we're going to be all right. Because it's all all mental, especially, and if you have to be put in the middle of a game, you know, these guys... If they're if they're not first string at the quarterback position, they're expecting to just get a paycheck and sit on the sideline right. and then and, take and practices and whatever. To, you know, the starting quarterback to get hurt. You know, right? But he definitely was put on the spot. Uh, I mean, I think I think that one play where Cam Jordan he caused a fumble. Oh no! One, one of the one of the linemen caused a fumble. Cam Jordan ran it back for like eighty yards and he called it back. Mm-hmm. And it like this is like the third time in a row that they called a crazy like made a crazy call and and called it back when that play was supposed to be a touchdown so um they catching a lot of steam refs catching a lot of steam for that man it's crazy crazy i think that would have shifted the whole momentum of the game like we lost of course but 
had we that 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 touchdown went on the boards, you know, that, I think that would have took our momentum to another level and allow us to, you know, take over the game from there. Some of my so I was telling you off air real quick that the that one of the two times I've been to New Orleans was for Mardi, Mardi Gras. Gras. Yeah. And and Mike and I, we saw multiple people wearing blind referee costumes just right. walking down the street with a cane. Oh, so you had to come within the tapping last around. Years. Yeah, this was yeah. this past Mardi Gras. Oh, it okay, was in yeah. uh, in March of this yeah. year. And uh I thought that was very funny. Man, yeah, New Orleans, like I, I <laughs> Saints mean, fans are crazy. I don't know how it is everywhere else, but I would say we got some diehard fans, man. Like, you know, when the the Saints are like the heartbeat of our city. You know, we're a small city, so uh, having a team that we're so passionately like love, just crazy. So like when we win, man, everybody's second lining up the streets. The streets are blocked off. You just see everybody just dancing, jumping on cars. It's like you would have thought we won a Super Bowl. <laughs> it's just crazy. But uh, yeah, Mardi I love Gras. that. Yeah, Mardi Gras, man. Like ain't no telling what you'll see for Mardi Gras. <laughs> I mean, saw a lot that I yeah, didn't want to see. Yeah, first, first, certain <laughs> Mardi Gras is definitely um, it's like carnival, but a much more Southern, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, man. It's just, it's just craziness. Well, a good crazy, you know, like uh, people. Some of it. it. Well, some of it, but yeah, people. We we were walking down Bourbon Street. Right. I was not. See, you're going to see everything. Everything goes on Bourbon. I was not briefed on what the bead thing was. Oh, yeah. I was not briefed on that beforehand. You're going to see boobs, all shapes and sizes. <laughs> all shapes and sizes. That's for certain. Yeah. I was, I was in perennial shock. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, man. Like, Mardi Gras, I remember when I was a kid. I, that doesn't happen in New York. Like, I don't just go on bourbon now, but when I was a kid, of course, you're going, you'll be excited to go down there for Mardi Gras because there's so much going on. But honestly, it's like, Bourbon Street is not a place I really go on. I can't tell you the last time I've been on, but <laughs> you can definitely, anytime you want to see some boobs, you can go on bourbon. <laughs> oh, my. You can, for, for some beads, you can see some boobs any day. <laughs> Sure. Where do you spend the majority of your time in New Orleans? I know you've uh, you've a restaurant down there, right? Yes, a restaurant. It's called Morrow's, uh, twenty four thirty eight Saint Claude. Opened up a year and five months ago. It's exciting. Uh, New Orleans cuisine. You know the pastas, the oysters, the fried seafood, the different dishes. You know we have a, infused with a little Korean. Um, my family's from Korea, so make sure we added a few Korean dishes. Bimbi That's cool. Bop, uh, Korean barbecue. Um, but, you know, it's definitely done extremely well. You know, we've been open, like I said, for a year and four months, five months. And so far, you know, had, you know, anybody you can think of in the entertainment industry uh, stop by from Drake to Meek Mill, Fabulous, uh, Mary J. Blige, Zach and Cody <laughs> from from the show, Zach and Cody from up <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, man, when I tell you, it's been, it's been a blessing to have a, a location grow so fast and become a staple within our city. Oh man, it's it's just dope. But That's awesome. Majority of my time is spent probably in my car. Yeah, gotcha. man. Like I'm I'm in my car more hours than I'm always on the go. Understood. Yeah. But that's that that hospitality that brings people there. Yeah. So I think this is an interesting question for you being in the business. If you could have dinner with any three people in the world, mm. who would those people be? Wow. And why? Wow, that's tough. Just a sit down dinner. It's a four person table. You've got one seat, and you can invite three people, and they're all gonna come. Wow. You could do presidents. You can do top athletes. You can do actors. That's deep. Real deep. Because, you know, those, one, those conversations could change so much, you know, just uh, with the right people. So, hmm, if I can have. Mine would be Barack Obama, okay. 
Yeah. Kanye West and LeBron. Why Kanye West? Because I think he's, I, I think at certain times he's a visionary and at certain times he's crazy. Right. Like he sounds mentally yeah, I mean, unstable. I would love to have that conversation just to kind of get to understand him because right. when you get to understand a person, you get to understand the reason why they do some of the things they do and you can then form your own personal judgment mm-hmm. versus all this media shit that you see. Yeah. You know? And then I, I think putting somebody in a dynamic like that with people that he respects yeah. without lights and cameras <coughs> would bring out an honest side to him, which I would be interested in seeing. Man, so that's why deep. I choose those. So I would say this definitely for sure. Definitely Diddy. Uh, okay. Uh, D- Diddy is somebody I definitely would want to, you know, sit down and have that conversation with. And he's somebody I looked up looked up at uh since a kid, you know, I admired the moves he made and um you know he's still to beast. this day. Yeah. So definitely like he's he's that he's that serial entrepreneur and I definitely admire what he do. So um I definitely would say Diddy. Now you got two spots left. Two more spots. Two roster Ooh. spots. You gotta All win right. the championship here at dinner. I <laughs> win the championship. All right. So I would definitely say Kobe. Really? Okay. Kobe. I know like I mean? that. Just a, just uh that's somebody who, you know, when I thought I was going to be that basketball player and I couldn't bowl, nah, I definitely uh, used to love to sit down and watch Kobe and watch him play his game. You know, he's definitely iconic and I think somebody that you can learn, you know, learn a lot from. Um, another person would be, hmm. I've heard a lot of people say Jeff Bezos Put me to learn business increments from him. Heard a lot of people say, give me a second. I want to give you the right, like, yeah, for you know, sure. I, I feel like I could, like, Kobe is somebody that's on top of my brain right now, but I feel like I could have came with a with no, Kobe's a great, it's great, all about but, honesty. Like, who, like, if you, if like, I mean, that's what's on my mind right now, but if I had to really dig deep, Diddy for sure, Diddy for sure. Um, somebody who I can really like take away things from, you know, like, hmm, man, this is this is a deep question, man. I think you would want people that would also have chemistry between each other. Right. Because if you put somebody like... So all those would be sitting at the table together. Right. Because if you had somebody like Bill Gates with somebody like, I don't know, like let's say some crazy rapper, I don't know if those two (laughs) would have any chemistry. Whereas I think, you know, somebody like... I mean, LeBron and Obama are friends. I think putting those two together, I mean... I think the table is the table for discussion. So, you know, I think it would be interesting. It would be interesting. I think that that's 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 good because, like I said, trying to it's so much going on in the world today, man. Just trying to get to the bottom of things, and I think those discussions between people like that, total opposite worlds, are like the, the completely opposing perspectives. Right. Yeah, gives a unique outlook on yes, certain definitely. things, and then in, in like a dinner acumen. That would be fun. I feel like you could make a Diddy and Kobe dinner happen, though. Cool. I mean, yeah, I think I can too. <laughs> I think I like. I was with. Uh, I was in Atlanta before I came to New York. I was uh, out there the whole weekend. Revolt Summit. You know, Diddy had the Revolt Summit, and I was with Justin Combs, his son, the whole weekend. Cool. That's my guy, man. And um, and we just had like a lot of conversation and just chopped it up about how, uh, you know, they got the Diddies, they got the Jay Zs, they got the Kanyes, just all these, uh people leading the culture forward, but people like the the next wave of uh, millennials, entrepreneurs, or just people in the industry have to fill those voids. And I really feel like you know, it's like a seat right now just waiting with my name on it, <laughs> you know, but uh, I definitely, 
definitely Diddy. I would say Kobe and Diddy, Kobe. Mm. I'll make it easier. Alive or dead? Alive or dead. For this final spot. All right. Oh, this is tough. So now Just you give can, me one second because I really want to answer this right. I really want to. Now you can go historical. Like you could, you could call upon George Washington and he's pulling up at Morrow's for dinner. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Damn, man. I'm mad right now. Just, I really want this. Like, it's like I'm picking my starting lineup. <laughs> picking it. Yeah. Oh, I want to get into that too. That's not a, that's not a bad one. My top five? Top five. Oh shit. That's going to be tough. My top five probably goes Jordan one for now. Definitely Jordan. LeBron two. Okay. Kobe three. I was waiting for you to say Kobe. Shaq four. Definitely. Five is where it gets tough. I'm okay with putting Magic at five. I'm okay with putting Cream at five. I'm okay with putting even like a Tim Duncan at five. All right. It's just a That's flip-flop a in my mind on who gets that last spot. Um I think Will Chamberlain could also be five, although it's a different era. So that's an interesting dynamic. I think somebody like Kevin Rand, when it's all said and done, skill wise, could be a top five player. I think um, Carl Malone, even mm-hmm. for the dominance he had in his era, could be up there. But I'm going to go with Shaq right now for my five spot. I think that's a good one. Like, Shaq is definitely, like, I, I don't think no big man came and dominated the game like he did since he left. Like, they had the Tim Dongans and the Shags, but nobody played that position as well as them. I mean, Shaq was just... Yeah. I mean, there was nobody that could stop Shaq. Right. Definitely. Like, he, he was a big powerhouse, man. But uh, let me give you this third person, man. And I think that third person will be... I would say Barack Obama. I like that. I like that. And I, I, I was up on the wall looking over at you behind. <laughs> I would say Barack Obama because, you know... To be president, like, what was this guy thinking, like, when he was a kid? You know, like, did you have aspirations on being a president? Did you know that you will be? Like, what made you, um, you know, because that's a big role to play. As big, big as it gets. Yeah, and, and, and like, you know, like, I just want to know more about that, you know? And I think what kind of help, um, help this manifest, like, you know, you're president of the United States. Like you're forever going to be down in history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe one day be on Especially a, being a first, you know, right, as, first, as, yeah, as he yeah, was. Yeah, first black president. So I think, um, yeah, definitely those three. So Diddy, and he Kobe, never made a, like a public huge mistake right. like most have. And, and, and I definitely think that's important, man, how you carry yourself, uh, you know, because you're a public, like you're, you're the president of the United States. You're so. supposed to be the best. Right. Like we're you know? supposed to elect the best and, and, and person yourself, we have. And handle yourself the proper way in public and um, not, you know, I, I mean, try to diffuse things, not try to elevate it and, you know, make the world mad at you, you know, like please the people, man. See how you can please the people and um, people that's paying all these taxes and all that stuff. Right. So, um Definitely, I would say that's my top three. And I think we both like him as well because he, he's a huge basketball fan. Yeah. He's a huge sports yeah. fan as well. And then I, I like how he embraced the culture, you know, like yeah. just a part of it. Like no matter who, white, brown, yellow, green, like he's just the people's person. Uh, and he was for the people. So I definitely respect him as a president, you know. 100%. I like that. That's a fun dinner. Yeah, fun <laughs> dinner. <laughs> what, what, is, uh, what are you ordering at that dinner? So I'm a pescatarian, so... Oh, okay. I only Why is eat that? seafood. Uh, and one day, 
three years ago, August 15th, I decided to go on a fast. I gave up alcohol and gave up meat only for a month, but just doing something different, something I'd never done before. Okay. Trying to just reach different levels in my life. And I know when you're, you know, whenever you're trying to just take it to another level, you got to be willing to, you know, just focus and just, you know, be willing to sacrifice different things and just to get your mind right. So I did that. I felt good at the end of that month and I continued to not eat meat and just, you know, do, just do the seafood. And um, I like it, you know. It, made, it makes you feel better? It makes me feel better, but also just like, I know everything, you know, processed food, all that stuff, like, but, you know, when I look back at it and I watched like a video in, um, when I was in high school and in my, um, I forgot what the class was called, like a cooking class or whatever it was they had in school, but they showed this video of how the chickens and pork and everything, how they treat it and do all that stuff. It's just, I gave up eating meat back when I was in high school, just only for like a couple months. But just even thinking about all that, man, like, you know, just don't really want to put all that in my body, you know, just be more cautious of what I put in my body now. Yeah. Um, I think that's important, man. But of course, you can never be, it's just the way everything is. Everything's processed. Like, you know, you never know what you put in your body. Right. You know? So I think just uh, just knowing what I'm putting in. At least thinking about it thinking about is it, yeah. better than not. Yes. Because most yes. people blindly just like, stuff whatever I, they see I in them. I love burgers, but I don't, like, I'm afraid to go try the Impossible Burger from Burger King. Okay. You know, they got the Impossible Whopper they just dropped. <laughs> I did not, but I will take your word for it. Yeah, so, so <laughs> everybody's saying it's delicious, but it's like, you know, I don't want to go to Burger King and, and, and get a vegan burger. <laughs> like, what if right. they make a mistake and put the wrong patty on mine or something, you know? Right. Which they often make mistakes in places like that. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'd definitely much rather go to a vegan spot that, you know, focus on the vegan food Mm -hmm. uh, or or just vegetarian or whatever, just like to create, to eat a burger like that, you know? So, yeah. It would be super interesting to put that in front because that's where like a lot of, you know, environmental problems then lie from all this processed food and all these animals being kept and all that. But, you know, that, that's a totally aside to the fact that people don't think about whatever they're putting in them. And I think if put in front of them, to let people know what they're putting in. It would make a super interesting shift in culture. Like if, if you had to go out and kill every chicken nugget, right. <laughs> you ate, it would be totally well, yeah, different. I mean, if, if people just took the time out to know what they're, like, and I'm not like this big old health person to where I'm like reading up on all this stuff, but it's just more so as I grow, you know, when I was a kid, I ate McDonald's, I ate all the fast food. But as I grow now, it's like, I'm more cautious of what I put in my body. And, um, you know what I mean? Because... I mean, you got to, you have to be, you know, you want to live 100%. a much longer, healthier life. You just got to be more cautious of those things. Yeah. And, and mentally it helps right. too. Even just, just knowing and, and being like satisfied with whatever you do. And then right. that combined with working out combined with like getting yeah, the right amount of- like, And at that point, that's when I switched everything. I started to work out more. Just, it just gave me more energy. You, you feel know, a like, lot better, right? I may, I may get inside at 4 a.m., but I may wake up at 7, 8 o'clock. You know, I think part of me being able to do that is just living a cleaner lifestyle, healthier. You know, because I'm around a lot of toxic things, um, you know, alcohol, you're in a club, just people, people's energy, you know? So I think you have to have that balance and have that healthier lifestyle. Just can't be in that arena and just intaking everything that's around, you know? You got to just be cautious of what you intake so you can continue to operate on the level you need to. Do you not like environments like that? Club atmospheres? People think I'm like the party guy, but I'm like the opposite. You know, don't get me wrong. It's what I do. And I have to be in the mix to build relationships and just be out and about. But I'm like the complete opposite. I'm more of a chill guy. 
not like the party goddess you're going to see in the club, like, you know, turning up. <laughs> Every you know. single night, 365 days yeah, a year. Yeah, when I was younger, yeah. But even when I go to the club, like, I, I can't keep up. You know, like, these people really partying hard. And I'm, I'm glad to be the, the person producing the event instead of the consumer because, right. man, I don't know how people do it. It's, it's a lot. I, I mean, I, and nothing's yeah. wrong with it. Right. Not saying don't party, party, but prioritize, handle your business, <laughs> then right. party, and make sure if you're partying, don't, that's not an excuse to wake up at 10, 11 o'clock the next day. Yeah. You know, like- Unless you're the one performing at the club. Man, listen, like that's, like, that's not an excuse to wake up late the next day because you decide to go party. You pay for it in the morning, and that's just what it is. You know, you wake up early and you just continue your day. But sometimes I, I got friends and stuff that party, man, when they, next day they're, they're up at 11 o'clock. Like I don't, I can't tell you the last time I started my day at 11 o'clock. And it's not just that they're up at 11, <laughs> it's they're slow at 11. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like I start all my days at like, I may get up at 6.30, 7, 7.30, something like that, go work out, come on, shower, and then I'm out the house the whole day, just whether it's working on my, my real estate projects or go and check on my restaurant or just meet with my assistant and my team. Uh, just planning out, you know, just a year or whatever events we're doing, the quarter. Cool. Makes yeah. sense. How early do you wake up? Every day, like I said, like 6.30 a.m. Well, between 6.30 and 7.30, 8 o'clock. It's good. But like, Are you morning workout or night workout? No, morning workout. Morning I, like to, I like to get out the way, but sometimes depending on what I got in the morning, I may work out later, but um, I definitely think it's, uh, you got to create that routine. You got to wake up and you know, don't waste no time. Get out the house and go get to it. You know, like work on, build your dreams, you know? Yeah. So I don't like to waste time. Like it's, it's a certain level of life I want to experience and for me and my family. And I think the only way to do that is to- Kid on the way. Kid on the way, man. And I, I think it's just to, you know, outgrind yourself every day, you know? Like tap into I like that. Like, I've never heard anybody say that. Outgrind yourself. Yeah, That's man. You cool. just gotta like, man, every, every morning I wake up, man, it's the same thing. And, you know, I know it gets tough for my girl sometimes because- I'm like always on a go, but I'm on a go because I'm trying to build this empire for us. And every day I wake up, man, I kid you not, I may head to my front door. Sometimes I may have nothing to do, mm. but I'm like, I'm out the door and I get to the door. I'm like, man, where the hell am I going right now? <laughs> but it's just, that's, that's just my mentality. It's like, you know what? I don't want to just be sitting inside being stagnant, not doing anything, not trying to, I know I got some projects I can go work on. I can go to the restaurant and make sure my staff is up to par, you know? So no, I just like to work, man, and I'm, I'm gonna spend my 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 years now working as hard as I can, so I can relax and enjoy the fruits of my labor later on in life. You know. So, where do you want to see yourself five to ten years down the road? I want to see myself. Um, I just want to be in a. Uh, I want to be wealthy. I want to be in a position. You know, when I say wealth, I'm not just talking in dollars. I'm speaking in. Um, you know, rich, rich in love, you know, family, you know, I want to have kids, more kids and, uh, you know, have a nice home, uh, make sure my family's well taken care of my grandmother, my mother. I was raised by, uh, a group of women. You know what I mean? My mom, my sister, my grandmother. That's awesome. And, uh, knowing that, you know, like that's my heartbeat, you know, uh, and now my girlfriend and my little girl that's on the way, my nephew, real small, intimate family. And, you know, I just want to be able to provide for them and just show them things that, you know, we never got to see as kids, you know, make sure my little sister can, you know, see some of the things that we have or my daughter or whatever. So, um, but definitely, I, I, I definitely want to reach levels that, that, that 1% in the world will only see, you know, and that's, uh, 
being able to live life without limitations, you know, wake up and go hop on my jet and take my Freedom. family to yeah. Ibiza if I wanted to, you know, so. I, I, <laughs> Maybe I, when I, they're I, a little bit older. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, just like, you know, live, live life without limitations and have the freedom yeah. to do it, you know, because we all have to uh, leave this earth one day. So, you know, and we'll make it count and, and leave my legacy along the way, you know, inspire people around the world and just use the platform God has blessed me with to, to do that, you know, and just pay it forward, you know. I like that. Are you a fan? Do you think social media is a good thing? I think it's an amazing thing. For I culture? Think, I think it's an amazing thing. It, it's, it's, um, it's, it got so many pros and cons to it, man. Like people sometimes use it for the wrong intentions, but for the people that do use it, who's trying to expose their business, I mean, it's a free tool. And when I hear people say, oh, I don't, I'm not on social media. I don't do this. Like I met a, I met an artist the other day. Like I walk out of bank, um, and he stopped me like, Larry Morrow, Larry Morrow. I'm like, what's up? He was like, man, you need to sign me. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, man, if I get a, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me I need to sign them <laughs> or I need to manage them, I'm like, I'll be really rich because it's, it's a question I get so much. I'm like, you know what? Let me hear something. So I put him on the spot and he started rapping and everything. And those are my favorite videos online, by the way, when people rap. Yeah, to, I mean, I, yeah. I just wanted to like, you know, just help, you know, like, like he's an artist. You don't have a, so, but he said he didn't have a social media. I'm like, how are you an artist and you want to get your business out, but you not using a tool that's most used to promote music? You know, like, of course, you can go promote your stuff out. It's how the biggest artists in the world do it. Why wouldn't you? Right. Yeah, you can go promote your stuff, pass off flyers and stuff. But, yeah. you know, people go and check your Instagram before they check your website. True. So uh, I think social media, it takes up a lot of time, too. Like, even takes up a lot of my time. And a lot of my business needs has to be promoted on Instagram. So I have an excuse. <laughs> on the restaurant <laughs> side or? Restaurant, events, just yeah. everything, you know. Uh, just keeping up to date. It's like you're able to connect with people across the world from clicking one button, you know. You never know who may see it. I've been able to, uh, you know, just these platforms. I think without social media, a lot of people may have not had the platforms they have right now, you know. So For sure. I think, I think that's true for most people. Yeah. Because you think about it back in the day. It's like right. how many celebrities even were there? Like you look at the 1970s, like how many big artists even were there? I, heard, I got a friend, he was like, man, you got, you got like, it's almost like cheating. He pretty much told me having social media, they didn't have social media. But I'm like, you know, as time goes on, technology advances and, you know, we have the opportunity to do that with it. And it's not the, he was almost just saying like, oh, like you got to cheat. He was harping down on it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, like, I'm like, man, what I mean? You hey, you got it too, bro. You got to know how to use it, man. And, and I yeah. think I've learned how to use it to make it effective for me and to help grow my following and uh, whether it's for my book. You know, I get a lot of book sales. The more people see me doing social media, the more book sales I get. You know, so when they see me- What's your book called? It's called All Bets on Me. The risks and rewards of becoming an entrepreneur. So talks about how I made that transition from a kid to now a 27-year-old entrepreneur at the time. And I realized that the best bet I could ever place is on myself. And that just comes through my journey and um, building those relationships. Uh, but at one point, I gambled so much. Like, I gambled my whole life. Like, me and my friends, we used to shoot dice. Uh, oh, like level. actually gamble? I gambled, yes. So oh, all bets I thought you meant like investing rewards, yourself. <laughs> the risk and rewards of becoming an entrepreneur. So we gambled our whole life. We used to shoot dice. And when we shot dice, it kind of built my endurance. Like, you know, it's nothing like losing that first dollar. When you lose that first dollar, then you come back and lose it again, it's not going to hurt you as much as it did the first time. Mm -hmm. But it built my endurance and... You know, we'll go from shooting a dollar, bet a dollar, to shoot five, bet five, to shoot 20, bet 20, shoot a hundred, bet a hundred. And where there's hundreds of dollars in the pot, thousands of dollars in the pot. And 
um, you know, we shooting dice with, you know, our peers, you know, guys older than us. And it just taught me so much that game. But when I became 21, I started to gamble in the casino. And that was like the, my, the biggest so you're lesson. doing all of that before under 21. Yeah, no, no. I was gambling. Like we gambling. Like that was like our job. Like with friends. Yeah, that was our job. Like real talk. Like I paid, a, I bought a lot of clothes and stuff off of shoe dice. <laughs> That's amazing. But when I became 21, I started to gamble in the casino. Um, for like two years straight, I spent like, I was spending five, 10 hours a day in the casino. And uh, at one point, I think I turned 22, about to turn 23, and I lost a large amount of money in one night. I lost 35000 one night. So that's when I realized that Ooh. I got to stop. You know, like I was hurt. Like I called my mom. My mom dealt with the same problem, so she could relate. You know, you, I would think I would call my mom, and she'd be like, you're crazy. But she was trying to just like, she was just talking to me like, like, like I, like I, cause she know the feeling mm-hmm. when you lose that money. I felt empty. You know, I'm, I'm young at the time. Like I can afford to make mistakes, but I think that mistake, that lesson taught me so much. Right. Um, it just taught me I got to stop gambling on the game with the odds are against me and stop gambling on myself with the odds I'm on my favor. So mm. that's when I started to stop gambling in the casino. And I said, you know what? I'm about to start investing in myself. So I went from losing money in the casino to making money with the casino. So I would go ahead like and book Diddy. And you know, I know more about this industry than I do what's un- than I than I know what's underneath that blackjack card. Mm. So me going and 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 take that leap of faith and just gambling more on something I know, it kind of helped me out because it said if I did lose a few dollars, I built something much bigger. I built a relationship. Yeah, brand is everything because right. brand lives on beyond man, whatever. No, no lie, man. And I kept doing that, man. Like I, I would bring people not just to make money. Like it's, it, it was bigger than money. And honestly. Like I told a friend the other day, I'm like, man, honestly, I'm really starting to, you know, reap all of the 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 the, the, the seeds I sold over the years. You know, cause I built, I sold a lot of seeds, man. I booked so many people and built relationships and built the brand to where now it's like I'm in positions where I can make these phone calls. I used to book, go through booking agents to book talent, but now I can make these phone calls or Facetime Meek or you know hit up whoever I need to to get the job done. And uh, crazy thing is like an example of what a relationship can get you. When in New Orleans last week for the Louisiana Fest, mm-hmm. I decided to do Meek, an after party with Meek, six days before the party. In New Orleans, that's not heard of, you know, because we're not in these big cities where you can invest all these money into parties. You know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it, it's a lot, it's a lot different than LA, Miami, New York. But me, Book and Meek, they ended up calling me like, yo, we coming to town, you know, like a couple of days early. So they came in town. I put together a private event at the restaurant that night, got a bunch of women to come out. It was like a real intimate event and we just partied. And um, just the whole weekend, it was just like, you know, I just got a chance to build more. And then Meek and DJ Khaled, Khaled ended, ended up coming to town as a surprise guest for the Louisiana cool. Fest. And him and Meek was talking and Khaled was like, you need to go was check out- Was that Lil Wayne's festival? Yeah. He was like, you need to go check out Neo's while you're in town. And Meek was like, Man, you need to go check out Morrow's, man. Hell like, yeah. Like, you got to go check out Morrow's. So Khaled ended up following me and shoot me a DM like, yo, shoot me your number. And uh, right after the festival, I kept the restaurant open. He came like around around 11 o'clock and he came to the restaurant and Trey Songs, Meek Mill, everybody came. And um, just the importance of relationships, man, because had I not had those relationships or took my time to build these relationships with the people around, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have, you know, had the opportunity to have some of the people come into the restaurant the way they did. But that's solely built off relationships. You know, it's not built off of anything else but that. So um, I would definitely advise anybody who's looking to grow any business, any brand, 
you know, definitely focus more on the relationship aspect of it. <laughs> it's rarely what you know and usually who you know. Right. Yeah. You know, because I mean, right now I'm, I'm in a position to where I can make a lot of money uh, just through my relationships. Like I said, I'm starting to reap a lot of the seeds I sowed. And, um, you know, I mean, that's, 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 that's what I was grinding for. You know, you grind for that last name as well. And you got all these celebrities coming in town, taking pictures underneath the moral sign at my mm-hmm. restaurant, you know, and uh, you got people from out of town all over the country coming and posing in front of this sign because they seen, you know, different people pose in front of it. And I had the opportunity to, when I was uh, going through the renovations for Morrow's, I can either get this cheap wood sign or get this aluminum sign and light up. I say, you know what? I want yep. the aluminum one. That's the one. And you Best know, investment. I, I, had, I, had a, I had a vision to have people, you know, take pictures in front of the sign. And when we open up, I started to get people to take pictures. Karuchi, Niecy Nash, Mary J. Blige. And then, you know, bam, we opened three months and Drake come. But I saw, Drake, I saw Drake in um, LA that weekend before. And it was like, yo, we coming to New Orleans and we definitely going to come by the restaurant. But that comes from building a relationship. When I did a Drake party, I lost out on $25,000. I lost. But I took that hit on the chin. I'm like, you know what? Like, you know, I was able to do something, you know, bigger for the city and build a brand and also build this relationship. And look how that relationship paid off. Hundred you know? <laughs> percent, and then you're also able to say that you, in like, fact, had Drake over at the restaurant. Like Drake followed my restaurant page, right? You know what I mean? Like he followed my restaurant page, and it's like that's cool. I mean, obviously, like if he's looking at the food and he's following the page, he likes the food. Um, he got no the crawfish, the Cajun crawfish pasta. <laughs> it's this pasta with the fried fish on top, man. It's, it's dope. So um, definitely, man. Like I think uh, the journey has been uh, been a fun ride, man. Just learning so much along I love the way. That. So the way we do this podcast is the majority is video, but then we do five minutes at the end, just audio. So everyone watching the video, jump over to Spotify, iTunes, or SoundCloud to come check out the five-minute audio exclusive. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you there. Yep. Perfect. So So this is the five-minute exclusive? Five-minute audio exclusive. Okay, let's go. Real quick. Let's go. I want to hear what you would suggest to younger entrepreneurs, whether from New Orleans or really just in America overall. What should they be focused on or how should they start and try to build their businesses in whatever acumen it is? I think the hardest thing for any entrepreneur is to find out what it is you love to do, you know, um, and see how that can make you money. Hmm. Because a lot of entrepreneurs, they come to me like, what can I do? Truly, that's up to you to figure out what you want to do. And I can help guide you and, you know, in a direction to go with that. Right. But you got to find something you love to do and see how it can make you money. I ended up falling into the party, saw that was making me money, but I love to do it. I love to build with people. And I just figured out how to make, you know, there's many people that do parties, mm-hmm. but it's not many people that make a good, make a living off of it. I made right. a living off of parties. Um, and doing Very things. rare. Right. So um, I think find what you love to do. You got to find that target. And you got to, it's, it's hard. Like if, if you have a target you're aiming at, it's easier to hit it. But if you don't have a target, it's like you just shooting in the air, you know? So Hmm, I think I like um, at nothing. <laughs> so yeah. I think really find out what you love to do and see how I can make you money or, um, you know, just, just try to do it that way. So, um, you know, cause I was, I was that kid before, man. Asking, I asked a lot of questions too. And I think seek knowledge. People don't seek enough knowledge. Like with me, I'm talking to any and everybody. I want the knowledge. And it's truly up to me if I want to, uh, if, if I take some knowledge, some bad information from a person, but I, I, like bad information, good information, I take it all because it's truly up to me if I'm going to apply it to whatever it is I'm doing. So I have so many conversations with like, before I left here, I, w- I was sitting down with Master P at Yahoo 
Master P and my homie Juggy. And um, we were at Yahoo right before I came over here. And, you know, just getting game from him, man, just soaking it up. And, uh, you know, whenever somebody like like that's in front of you, man, you want to be able to soak up that knowledge because he's been able to do some... He's done it. He's done a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like from being playing in the NBA, shoes, now he's, now he's doing movies, he's, you know, rapping, just everything, man. And that, that's what an entrepreneur is, you know? An entrepreneur is a person who jumps off a cliff and builds a plane on the way down. And a lot of times, I jump, <laughs> I jump in the water head first. I'm, I'm going to figure it out because that's what I know how to do. Like, you can put me in any element and I'm going to figure it out. And a lot of people don't want to study. You know what I mean? They just want to get in the game. Yeah. One of the coolest things that I've learned, and I, I think it's a good thing, is being uncomfortable is Ooh, the I love best thing that you can do to yourself. When I'm uncomfortable, <laughs> like you're going to see a different side of me. Like I overcome those obstacles. Like, But it's fun, right? It's very fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and some people can't handle the pressure, man. Like pressure, I was built on pressure. And that's why a lot of people work for companies. Right. right. Because, because they can't handle the like pressure. You can be, one of my favorite lines is you can be the fifth person at Facebook, make hundreds of millions of dollars and not have to have that pressure. Like find your role. Right. Like you could make millions that's of dollars and be somebody's lane. right hand or you could be the guy. But if you try to be the one that you aren't, Find your lane. Because, okay. I mean, everybody's not meant to be the CEO and everybody's not meant to be an entrepreneur. You know, some people are meant to work a nine to five because, you know, they, they don't aspire to want the, you know, everybody got their, some people just content with just making an honest living and just making, you know, 40, 50, 60,000 a year and that's it. Um, but there's some people aspire for more. And I always say, man, you could dream for a, a Bugatti and end up with a Phantom or you could dream for a Nissan end up with a Mitsubishi, you know, it's like, it's truly up to you what you, you know, how, how big you go, you know? And I think um, you should aim for the stars, you know? My man, Definitely. where's the best place for people to find you and some of the stuff you're doing? Um, you can find, you can go on www.larry-morrow.com. You can go on www.larrymorrowevents.com or Instagram, Larry underscore Morrow, M-O-R-R-O-W. Um, definitely social media will take you to all of my handles. Um, you know, find out, go purchase the book from off my, uh, my website or check out Morrow's. The page is morrowsnola.com. Um, so you know, definitely. And if you guys have listened this far, I want you to DM him your favorite thing you picked up from this podcast, my friend. I nah, appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thank you for doing this. Been a blast. You. All right. Appreciate we'll see you guys next time. Peace. What's up, guys? Just wanted to congratulate Chris M., I believe, from Los Angeles on winning the James Harden signed jersey giveaway. Wanted to announce that one in this episode. All you had to be was subscribed and have left a rating. Uh, so congratulations to Chris. And I am going to DM you on Instagram uh, for your information. Send that over to you. Definitely post a picture when you get it. And for everyone else, we're going to do another giveaway this week. Uh, so make sure to stay subscribed. Leave a rating if you haven't. And be following at The Buster Show on Instagram. And good luck. See you guys.